Money FM 89.3, the best of Saturday mornings. International News Review. Welcome back to Saturday Mornings, our international news review. Steve Oaken joining us today. Good morning, Steve. How are you doing? Great to have you in the studio. A lot of landlords are taking a lot of money from people in Singapore these days. Uh, the, the price of, in the past six months, not actually almost a year, nine months or so, of apartment rentals, house rentals, HDB, uh, private public rental flats, off the roof. Talk to us. Well, look, the, the, the rental index here is at a 15-year high, and this is across the board. It's affecting expats in the private market. It's affecting Singaporeans in the private market. It's, it's affecting Singaporeans in the, in the HDB market. And landlords are doing extraordinarily well. I mean, in, in the expat market, it is not unheard of to hear of prices doubling um, in in the in the HDB market, prices are going up twenty thirty percent on average, and this is having an impact on people's lives. There are people who uh, are you know the the foreigners who are either downsizing, some of whom have to leave Singapore. And what's happening for everybody though is when you're spending more money on rent, you're spending less money elsewhere. So mm. it is going to have a ripple effect throughout the economy yeah. and it's going to be interesting to see how Singapore is going to handle this situation. Well, that's the key, isn't it, Steve? When you first uh, mentioned this story to Glenn and I, me, the gilded one, was, oh, you know, nobody wants to hear about expat package whining. But in fairness to you, you know, I did some digging and it's so much more than that, isn't it? I mean, I was yeah. just looking at some examples. The healthcare worker who was currently renting a room for $950 is now expected to find almost $1,600 to move somewhere. It's It's half of their salaries Mm. in Mm. some cases, more than half of their salaries. So the question is, Steve, is this really sustainable? What is the end goal here? Do we need some kind of cooling measures at some point? Like it's not sustainable, and the and the question is though, will there be a market correction? Why is it that prices are going up so much? Now you can certainly say in the the expat market, the reason prices are going up so much is because people want to move here. Right? You have an increased demand, and you don't have an increased supply. Well, econ one hundred and one prices go up. So when you have all of this money coming here, and not just Western money, but Chinese money especially, coming from mainland China, coming from Hong Kong, coming from markets. So you're having a huge attraction of Singapore for a lot of reasons, some of what Singapore is doing, some of what's happening in China um, and in Hong Kong. That's driving up prices. But there's also reasons prices are going up. Part of it is that construction basically stopped during mm, COVID. Yes. And so you don't have the supply, right? You're right. The yeah. new properties aren't coming on. Mm. Renovated properties aren't coming on. So now you have a, a, an increase in supply with a corresponding increase in demand. When the construction starts to pick up again, when these, you know, condos, new builds or renovations all start to happen, people will then have more to choose from. Mm. Maybe that'll bring prices down. So some of it, maybe the market will bring prices down. Maybe some people won't be coming here anymore, or maybe not. And this is what everybody's really worried about. Yeah. It is unsustainable to have mar- to have rents doubling all the time. Steve, um, look, we all get market forces, right? We're yeah. on a business radio station of money. We understand supply and demand and all of that. And, I, and I've heard more than one landlord say to my friends who were having to renegotiate, you know, I don't want to have to raise the rent, but I have to. 
do they actually yeah, have to? That was going to be my you know, question. Because look, exactly. uh, you know, those of you out there who are landlords, I'm, I'm, I don't want to offend you per se, but it looks very much like a cash grab, like just money grubbing. Great. When you are going to double a rent on somebody, when frankly, you know, cost of living isn't doubling. Correct. Costs are going up, but they're not doubling, going up two or three four percent. Well, look, and that's the question for the Singapore government. Look, the market's going to do what the market's going to do, and it's not. I wouldn't put any blame on the landlords for getting as much money as they can. But the question is, should there be rent control, which you really don't have in Singapore? You have that in places like New York City, where you don't want to see this happen because New York has said we want to have people from all across the income streams and 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 living, and that's what's important to us in New York City, so we're going to put in rent control. You don't have that here. Is that something the Singapore government should start to consider going forward? It's certainly, if you look in social media, you'll get my, you know, the, the, my LinkedIn and where I right. put up stories that come out with in, rent increases doubling. People are saying this isn't fair and what's going to happen to Singapore? So that's questions for policymakers. I don't think you can really put the onus on a landlord and say, well, you should forego the more money you can get. But where people are going to start to get hit is if the money goes to landlords, it doesn't go to the restaurant owners. It doesn't go to the shop owners. It doesn't go to where people are going to – because they're going to have less disposable income. Those people who provide those services, boutique owners, people who sell clothing, they're going to get hit. They're going to get hit here from both the expats and the locals. I'm playing devil's advocate because I actually agree with everything you've just said. But there is an argument that the landlords are spending that money back into the economy. So it's a circle. They spend in the restaurants. They go to the department stores. That's point one. Point two Mm. is, you know, Singapore is the place to be, as you've said many times on this show. Therefore, from the lowest to the highest, Mm. whether it's the healthcare worker or the biggest expat CEO, they're coming here because they're paying, they're being paid more. Therefore, they should expect to pay more for their rents and so on. What would you say to that? Well, on, on, on the second point, of course, that's what's going to happen. And the question is, do you want that to happen? Do you want to have a society where all the, the, the certainly the expat part of the community are all on the wealthier side? And then that's going to drive out others. And you know what? They're going to either downsize. They're going to do what one of my friends is doing. They're going to go to Bali and become a, hmm. a digital nomad. Or are they going to move? Go to Dubai where there's no taxes. Right. Or do yeah. they go to KL or do they go to to JB or do they go to Bangkok? So you're going to see that middle market type leave and then you're going to have a much more wealthier expat here. What does that do to all of the, you know, the tutors and the, you know, the, 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 the people who come here with families um, take advantage of the sports clubs? I mean, it has a huge ripple effect. So Sure. They, of course, you, the question is, do you want to have a system in place that that's going to be who your population is? That's a question for the government. And I'm mm. sure the flip side to that briefly is you're also going to get more crowded apartments on you. You're going to get on the other end of the scale. You're going to get six people in one apartment when it should be four or eight people when it should be. You know, you're going to get illegally crowded apartments because the lower end of the socioeconomic scale can't afford these one room rent increases. Yeah, so it's it, going to affect both ends. It affects everybody. And look, we've lived through these blips. I mean, we've all been here long enough. We've seen where the rents have gone up. Never like this. I mean, I remember when rents were starting to go up 30 percent, 40 percent, not 100 percent like they're hitting for a lot of people, sir. Certainly in 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 the in the in the expat community at the you know at the senior manager level, and so the question is, will the market somewhat self-correct? It's going to be higher than it was three four years ago because Singapore is more attractive than it was three four years ago. But is it going to self-correct enough? And so I think 
you have to take a breath a bit, and you're going to have to deal with the pain for now and yeah. then see what's going to happen in the mm. next six months, 12 months. What's going to happen? I have to say I am, I am so thankful. My landlord, Marcus, uh, and I had a chat about a year ago when we were starting to renegotiate, and I said, look – I know that you know he lives in Hong Kong. I, said, I know that you what you know that you know what's going on in the market here. But I would really appreciate it, given the fact I've been a good tenant. I take care of the place for you, pay you know rent on time and all. Please don't you know don't jack it up thirty percent, forty percent. And to his credit, he said, you know what, you're right. He goes, I do have to raise it somewhat, but I I I, I won't I won't do thirty or forty percent on you. So. Uh, you know those. I think those conversations are few and far between yeah. <laughs> between landlords. But, but thank think, goodness. Very briefly, I think you know? they're practical. When I previously rented an apartment, I said something similar. Uh, when they were, I said, "Look, you can kick me out and get someone in, but let, maybe this doesn't apply today. But if you wait a month, that's a month's rent lost. By the time you get the chain, you know, the people coming in and so on, you sign the documents and all, and repaint and re take, this yeah, and exactly. That and the so other. you take yeah. that whole month's rent versus the the tiny increments you're going to impose upon me. You're going to be better off just making a small increment on me than potentially losing a month and paying all that legal fees. And maybe getting someone in that's not a good tenant. Exactly. Right? So yeah. I do think you get some landlords who see yeah. the bigger picture. Or do we? Well, again, I mean, you're talking about how much. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. well, that's it. But yeah. I will tell you that every, and I mean every discussion when you get a group of renters together now, that's all people talk about. Yeah. How much rent is going up? How much did yours go up? When are you negotiating you again? Go yeah. You know, yeah. are you, and I mean, it's, oh, we just had to, it's downsizing and moving out is happening a lot right now. And I mean moving out uh, of the city center and, and moving further out into Singapore. Now it's moving out of Singapore is happening. And it is certainly an issue now that the businesses are well aware of, of who do we have here in terms of our regional headquarters. And Singapore wants this to be a global headquarters, if not a regional headquarters. If it's too expensive, that is going to push people to other markets. So there's so much that, that's that's mm. in play, but I will tell you right now, it's it's painful for many people yeah. across the board. Yeah. Um, State of the Union. Let's do a, a brief update on State of the Union because we have one more uh, thing to talk about with you. But a State of the Union address is next Tuesday. President Biden, the annual address by the President of the United States to both houses of Congress. Um, usually they start, ladies and gentlemen, the State of the Union is strong. Mm. You know, that's the usual one they uh, often start with. What are we expecting to hear from Biden? Is is this an important year for him to you know, give a, a proper State of the Union address? Well, it's a very important year for Joe Biden giving the State of the Union because he is very soon presumably going to launch his presidential campaign. He is 80 years old. And it, it struck me because I saw President Clinton back in the White House this week, you know, to, to celebrate the 30th anniversary of the signing of the Family and Medical Leave Act. President Clinton left the White House 22 years oh my ago. Gosh. Oh, my gosh. He is five years younger than Joe Biden is right now. Wow. And Joe Biden's about to run for a second term. And so Joe Biden Forget what he says. How does he say it? Does he come across as powerful? Does he come across um, as smart? Does he come across Mm -hmm. as on Mm -hmm. top of things? Mm -hmm. So it's going to be very critical alone for Joe Biden to do that. 
The second thing that is going to all right, catch this now. The second thing that is going to blow up the State of the <laughs> Union is the balloon incident that just happened between the U.S. and China. Uh-huh. So I am sure the State of the Union is being rewritten right now to take that into account because what has happened, um, you know, over the skies of the United States right now is extremely serious from a political and a U.S. political perspective, a U.S.-China relationship perspective, a geopolitical perspective. So now that is going to play into the State of the Union on top of everything else that Joe Biden needed to accomplish, including setting the framework for the debt ceiling negotiations. So this is the this is the the balloon you're talking yeah. about. Is the uh, Neil? You want to? Yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a reported spy balloon. It's been report flying or across, weather observation balloon. Yeah, according to who you the ask. Chinese who continue to deny <laughs> it. The size of three city buses. Three city so buses. Not a small balloon. It's been flying over <laughs> nuclear sensitive yeah. areas where the U.S. in keeps Montana, yeah. the weapons underground. Chinese are still denying. It means that Blinken is now postponed his trip to China. So tying the two together, what does Biden do? He's already been accused by the Republicans of being too soft on China. You've got the Democratic base talking about race because of that recent terrible murder of Tyree Nichols. So you've got race to deal with amongst the Democrats. You've got China to deal with the Republicans. You've got everybody saying he's too old. What does he do? (laughs) Well, again, you've got to come out strong. You've got to come out uh, with a very, you know, clear messages. So he's going to have a clear message on the economy, how successful the Biden administration has been. Inflation is high, but unemployment is at a 50, mm-hmm. I think it's a 50-year low. Mm-hmm. You have a great legislative um, accomplishments, you know, including the Inflation Reduction Act and everything that's gone into that on clean energy, everything that's gone with infrastructure. So you want to talk about your accomplishments, but you have to talk about looking forward. Being tough on China is going to be one of those things. He has to be tough on China. I mean, look, my expertise on balloons stops in, on how you <laughs> blow them up for kids' birthday parties. But I do know U.S. politics. I do know U.S. China. And the people I'm talking to, and now we're in a little bit of an information-free zone. I mean, the people I'm talking to, you know, in, in, in Washington, people who are going back into Beijing, but they don't believe that this was necessarily intentional at the political level by the Chinese to send this spy balloon at this time to send a message about Blinken's visit. But it was done, and that is what it was, and the Mm. U.S. has to respond. And so the first high-level visit you are going to have for U.S.-China in six years, canceled. The meeting that 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 you know President Xi and ba- and and Biden had in Bali is now you know blown up. You now have a a a a political situation in the U.S. where you've got this new congressional committee focused on China. You've got Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, who is going to go to Taiwan. So when everybody was hopeful that 2023 was going to be at least a floor being put under the U.S.-China relationship, if not a reset, it now is going to get worse, most Mm, likely. That downward mm. trajectory is coming. That's going to impact the climate. It's going to impact business. It's going to impact Singapore. Just very briefly, because I read a debate this morning. They're still deciding whether or not to even shoot the balloon out of the sky. I think they've kind of landed on not doing that, Not at the moment. Because it would would perhaps injure people on the the ground. But they're still looking at this because of that Republican angle again. They're pushing Biden. Where where do you stand on that? Well, here's the three balloon experts and military experts talking about what the U.S. military should be doing. But, I mean, I think one of it is, is what are you going to accomplish? 
accomplish by by shooting it down. The second is and and is this you know is this getting data that they are not getting anyway from satellites? So you don't know the answer. What is the potential for physical harm in the United States if you shoot this down? Three, can you shoot it down? What happens if you miss and 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 into the missile or whatever at this thing at sixty thousand feet? And four, let's not pretend that other countries aren't doing similar things in other places. The first balloon that went up for, for, for military purposes was by the French in the 1700s. The U.S. was doing this in the Civil War north against the south in the 1800s. Of course, countries are doing this. So if the U.S. shoots it down, what happens when there are other things happening over China, over Russia, over Europe? So you really want to be very careful, and which is why, because it appears certainly it's not going to get shut down. You want the rhetoric is going to have to be ramped up by the United States to yeah. say what a problem this is. And you have had the China walk this back in a way. I mean, they haven't been denying it. They said this was a force majeure because the weather blew it off course. Yeah. It was never intended to sit over you know, the, 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 the ballistic missile sites in Montana for multiple days. But it did. And mm. so at least maybe China's giving a diplomatic out by accepting that it is what it is, and it, but we really didn't intend it. So hopefully yeah. the air of, in this tension will be released slowly. I have been I'm, on fire by the air. I know. Yeah, I'm, you're good, I'm, I'm like back this isn't all. your first. This is not your first radio. <laughs> your humility, really. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> to listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg. Or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.